Radio shows you love from the people you know. This is Sam Talks Technology. Hello and welcome again to another series in Sam Talks Technology. Today I'm joined by the CEO of a new company called Tap My Data. And the CEO is Tom Holder. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, great, Sam. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, we've known each other ooh, about a decade, I think. Yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, Tap My Data sounds really interesting, and I really wanted to find out more about it from you. So maybe you can explain um, what is Tap My Data, first of all, and what problem you're, you're solving. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, the, the original idea for Tap My Data came out uh, around about the time that GDPR was starting to stimulate sort of a, a lot of um, uh, I was concerned amongst companies, mainly because they were trying to get uh, ready for the for, for GDPR coming coming into force, and um, the sort of quantity of data breaches and stuff that were, were happening just just made me think that that really the the primary thing that was lacking was was a sort of consistent way for consumers to be able to uh, exercise their uh, GDPR rights. Um, so. To cut a long story short, what we've done is we've sort of weaponized GDPR to some extent and uh, given given the uh, the trigger to the consumer. Um, so, so that's the consumer side of it. It's it's an app that you can download from the app store uh, consisting of a, a directory of uh, businesses that you can very quickly send a request to to, to regain your uh, data back from them. Um, combined with uh, a, a crypto wallet, um, that means that uh, when when the data is returned to you, you can actually get a crypto token reward for it that, that we hope in the future will be redeemable for uh, data services in the future, but at the moment you can redeem it for merchandise and things like that. Okay, so let's break that down as a couple of things. So everyone understands what GDPR was, the what I call the great unsubscribe actually, um, yes. which was basically every company sent out a, an email saying if you want to unsubscribe. It's been really effective, and I think America's going to bring in a, their own version of GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. So me as an individual, I would try, if I'm trying to understand the product, I would go to the app store, download, tap my data, and then I'd make a request. Now, can I make a request to any company for my data or do I have to make a request to only companies that you've partnered with through the app how does that work okay so uh yeah that's that's a great great question the the first thing is that the directory contains a, a lot of companies I think there's about 2,000 companies in there at the moment um and and it grows pretty pretty quickly um so if the company isn't in there you can also recommend a company so okay. it's very easy just to uh, add the address of a, uh, the website address of a company and then we'll get them listed into the system um and further to that, you can actually connect your uh, Google Mail. Uh, we intend to add a few more connectors, but if you connect your Google Mail, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll go back through about 90 days worth of emails and scan for uh, companies that we believe have sent you um, uh, marketing emails, et cetera. And we'll, we'll add them into the system specifically for you so that you can then uh, request your data from those companies. Um, so, so that's where we are now. Uh, in, the, in the future, we're looking at building things like browser extensions so that you can very quick, quickly submit it from a website and, and so on. So it's, it's currently just an app, but, but we've, we've got grand ideas for where it could go. Yeah, no, sounds great. So, okay, so there's about 2,000 companies. I can start scanning through those, choose the ones I want. What happens when I find a company? Let's say Company X, I go, oh, yeah, okay. I want to find out what data they hold on me. How does Tap My Data then 
function to get me the data that I have stored with that company? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it, 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 it's a bit of an uphill struggle with some of these companies because obviously a lot of these businesses don't want to actually be giving you your data back. Um, and typically we found that um, most of them have got fairly, uh, fairly basic processes to, to actually support this. Most of them are um, simply sending data back via email and, and so on. So, so the first thing that, that uh, Tap My Data sort of solves is that it, it uses end-to-end -end encryption. Um, so your data is actually being sent to the business um, to totally encrypted. And the business gets a notification to say, hey, Sam has sent you a request. Uh, please log in here to uh, respond. And when they log in and set up an account, um, when they log in and set up an account, it uh, allows them to actually see that request and again, respond securely. Okay, so what do I get back? Is it standardized well, or is it specific to each company? Wouldn't it be great if it was standardized, unfortunately? <laughs> I, I thought I, I didn't think it would be, but I had to ask. Just unfortunately, the nature of businesses is that they all use different systems. Some are using, you know, off-the-shelf CRM. Some of them are using proprietary systems. Some are uh, quite possibly just still keeping paper records in certain instances. So um, you'll see a whole selection of things, typically um, PDFs and things like that. Um, anecdotally, we, we, we've heard people getting like um, call recordings back. So, uh, you know, like WAV files that they can li they listen to on their phone, which I think is an interesting one. Okay. Um, one particular energy company based in Bristol has been very good at responding. Um, so, yeah, I won't say who that is, but uh, they're in Bristol and they do energy. So, <laughs> uh, um, so Go figure. So they, yeah, so, so they've, they've done a really good job um so the, the the data it could come back in any format i mean ob obviously in the future we're looking at bringing about uh, tools that that sort of standardize some of that or at least extract value from that data in a slightly more standardized way um uh, but but it, it's not not there quite yet okay so is there any uh work going on in the eu to update that in my head i'm thinking gdpr 2.0 for want of a better word. <laughs> well, I mean, GDPR itself uh, states that the, um, that the data should be sort of returned to you in, in machine-readable format in a, in a way that you can make sense of. Um, I, I, I think that a lot of companies are falling short of that. Um, the, the, there's, you know, there's various sort of file formats, and uh, I know you and I have spoken in the past about various different, uh, different micro formats and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I'm over it. You're okay. I'm over yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing with those, with those formats is, is some of them are incredibly well-meaning, but unless they gain significant traction, it's very difficult for, for them to gain a sort of healthy adoption rate. So, um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I think it will be quite a while before they're standardized. I, I suppose the closest thing we've maybe got is, is like open banking um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of the, the data that you might be able to get out of your banks in the future. But, but obviously that's, that's pretty structured data and, uh, and all follows a fairly standard format. Um, okay. So do you help the companies in any way? So at the moment we've talked about you helping the consumer. I, I can get my data, I can store it locally, manage it, it's encrypted and all those good things. And we'll talk about crypto token rewards in a minute. But yep. once I've got the data, that's great. But is there anything that you do that helps the companies to respond to numerous requests? 
Yeah, sure. So, so there's a whole bunch of things in that particular space. I mean, the, f the first is that it's a dedicated uh, platform for uh, GDPR rights management. Um, and, and currently, a lot of companies are just using email and it's going in with everything else, every support request and so on. So, so the, the, there's a simple organization of it and the fact that they can invite team members in and sort of um, all have access to the same platform. The, the second is the security. Um, it, it, it's entirely end-to-end -end encrypted. Um, and uh, we're, we're looking to build sort of retention policies in there so that, that can be put in place so that companies can expunge that data sort of uh, effectively and consistently. Um, the, the next is that um, we, we do a basic level of verification against data points. So we verify um, mobile address, email address. Um, if you put your physical postal address in, we actually send you a letter in the post, so we verify that. So they get some basic verification data with the user that's also submitting it. That's not necessarily a verification of uh, ID, but it's a verification of that data point. Um, and once we finish fundraising, we are going to be moving towards um, uh, further KYC checks so that... Uh, KYC? Yeah, know your customer. So, so sorry. Yeah, have to, yeah. Have to get the acronym out. If you if you sign up for something like a Monzo account, you'll be required to uh, take an ID scan and uh, a photo of yourself, or in some some instances, a video. Um, we'll have that built into the application. Then, once you've done that verification once, it will mean that the uh, the the company can can see that you are. The Sam Sethi that you claim to be, um, okay. and 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 that verification process is is really time consuming for companies because um, not returning data is uh, bad in itself, but obviously returning data to the wrong person is is even worse. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So how are you? Uh, remind us again. How are you securing the data locally so that? I mean, do you have access to this data? Is it visible to you guys or is it no, we don't. totally encrypted? How is yeah, the so, data so stored? It's part of the reason that the, the application is, um, was built as a mobile application to begin with because the, the key management's a bit easier on mobile, but it, it's using an asymmetric um, elliptic curve encryption, which, which means that it's encrypted on the device at the point of time it's sent to the organization. And then once the organization's logged in and created an account, they secure their account and they actually maintain a, a shared key amongst themselves, which we don't have access to. And it, it, it actually un unencrypts that in the browser. Um, and um, actually the browser encryption support is, is pretty good, to be honest. Uh, it's not until you go back to Internet Explorer that it starts to fall down. So, so everything we, falls down at Internet yeah, Explorer. Yeah. Let's be honest. Doesn't it? I think uh, you and I have fought a few battles on that front <laughs> in the past. But, but so as long as your organization is using something more modern than Internet Explorer, and thankfully most are these days, um, it, it, it actually unencrypts in the browser. Okay, so that makes you GDPR compliant yourself because I mean, yeah, I mean, we just don't have the data, which is great. And it was kind of one of the primary, um, it was one of the primary sort of design requirements that we weren't uh, sort of <laughs> sitting on top of all this data. It would be, uh, we just don't know the data flowing through the system. It would be a very bad place to be to, to hold any of that data. Okay, so what can I do with my data once I've got it in tap my data? Is there anything I can do with it? Is it, is it useful to me or is it just a case of, I see, oh, they know my name, my date of birth, and blah, and therefore, that's it. Yeah, so, I mean, the way that the application is, is formulated is it, it's, it's a bit like a WhatsApp, but, but with, a, with a data locker. So once, you, once you've got your data, the sort of first thing you can do is you, you can share it 
through through the standard um, application sharing functionality. So, I mean, typically I communicate via Telegram with people, um, so I can forward stuff into Telegram quite easily. Um, in the future, we we want you to be able to forward that data on to other organisations as well. So, if you can imagine a situation where um, you might be uh, you might be applying for uh, maybe finance on a new, a new car and they say oh can we have your last three months bank statements you could connect to the bank request the data and then you could forward the data straight on um, because the requests are going through the blockchain as well theoretically you've got a chain of custody there which means that the receiving uh, entity can see that the data is actually transitioned uh, from from the originating bank um, without being manipulated. So there's a few interesting things that we we see working in the future, but at the moment it's primarily for insight and interest. Um, and um, you know, it, 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 it's certainly interesting to see what data the data companies are holding on you. Okay, two questions that threw straight out at me. What insights are you guys getting? I mean, are you see are you, you say you don't see the data, so yep. is it just passing through your fingers? So do you get no insights on what's going on, or or where, where or you know, is there any anything from the data that you have, or is there no data that you yeah, have? Yeah, it, it's it, it no, it's a very interesting uh, it's a very interesting question. It's certainly a challenge to 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 the business to uh, remain on the right side of data ethics, which is where we're obviously trying to trying trying to firmly sit. Um, because because most companies uh, are obviously trying to get as much uh, value out of their data as they possibly can. Um, whilst the all of the user account data is is encrypted and the data that they receive from organisations, we do hold data on the number of requests that are being sent, the number of responses that are being sent to which organisations and so on. So we have insights in as much as uh, we can see who's being sort of good data stewards and who's returning data in in, in a timely manner and and um, I suppose also we, we 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 probably although we've not looked into to it too much we we do have an indication of sort of the quantity or volume of data that's being sent back even though we don't have access to the data itself um, so so those are all interesting insights and um, and and on top of that if a if a company responds, we allow the user to actually rate their experience with the organisation, and and those ratings are not encrypted, and we we actually publish those, um, we publish those out to the web, and and we hope over time that it will become sort of a, a a trust pilot for data data ethics to some extent, and and when you're purchasing services from a bank or 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 um, or, or or you know an insurance company, you can take that as an as an another data point. To, to inform your purchasing decision. Yeah, so uh, I like that. So you can you can start seeing good data behavior and bad data behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm, nice. Um, revenue, key thing. Where's the money? You're not <laughs> doing this for charity. No. Last I looked. <laughs> so, um, so, so really, it, 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 for all intents and purposes, it's a SaaS platform. The organisations pay for premium functionality over and above the, the the free platform. So, so the freemium model is that companies can log in and uh, service requests through the platform. Um, when they start to connect their CRMs to uh, do data discovery or add the KYC checks um, and and anything else that we're yet to think of, that's when the premium functionality kicks in and they they, they, they will pay a monthly subscription for that. Um, we're pre-revenue at this stage, um, but uh, we're... we're you know, we're we're finding the uptake is pre pretty reasonable. Um, there's just a there's just a bit of a um, education process to be done with companies as to 
why they should be returning data in the way that users want it returned versus, uh, hey, Sam, look, wouldn't it be great if you filled in this 350 field form and, and sent us a copy of your uh, driving license, birth certificate and everything else? You know, it's, it's, it's getting appropriate levels of, of, uh, of identification and, and data requests. Otherwise, they're actually building more data on you, which is a ridiculous situation. <laughs> yeah, give me more data to verify my data, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I know that um, two questions. How long have you been going? Yep. Uh, so how long how long has Tap My Data been going? So Tap My Data actually uh, was launched in the App Store about October uh, 2018, um, and we developed it as a as a spin out from from uh, our, our blockchain studio. Um, we launched a blockchain studio in 2018, which uh, with We've hindsight. Been- uh, we, um, myself, and my original business partners from 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 my agency days, running running okay. running simple, um, and uh, with, with hindsight, twenty eighteen wasn't a great year for, for for starting a new crypto venture. It was it was just as the markets were starting to tank out. Um, so um, we, we ended Some up. Some say that's the best time to start. Yeah, po- possibly. Um, <clears throat> it, it maybe it maybe wasn't for us. I mean, maybe we got <laughs> maybe we got some things wrong. I wouldn't discount that, um, but. We, we we invested heavily in in building out the tap platform and and uh, and uh, and the sort of blockchain aspects of it um, and then span that out to a separate company. So so around about uh, October was when it was sort of officially. Okay, active. you're going through a funding round now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking for? So we're we're looking to raise a total of five hundred thousand. Um, we've got a uh, preliminary uh, term sheet from from an investor for two fifty. Uh, one of our existing early stage investors that that, that uh, put money in on an advanced subscription agreement back in January. Um, he he's going to be following on. So um, so we've got about one hundred and fifty, one hundred and seventy five to fill at the moment, depending on uh, depending on you know whether we put more money in ourselves. Uh, okay, so some very quick metrics for VCs. EIS compliant? Uh, yes, it's EIS compliant. Um, not e- SEI, so n- just checking. No, it. it's not SEI. Uh, current valuation? Uh, 1.4 million. Okay, so post will be 2 million. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah within numbers. Yeah. Um, okay, and um, what's the exit strategy? So, I mean, the exit strategy really is that we uh, we believe that the, this this consumer interest is going to grow. We, so, so we 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 believe that the, the the audience for consumers is going to explode. Uh, that want to take interest in their data. So, so there's a consumer angle of it, um, and then the company is a, is is sort of a standard SaaS business to some extent. Uh, we we want to stay. We, we don't want to get too much into the enterprise space, but we want to we want to stay at, at the low tech end of things so that it, it's it's quick to buy and uh, and use this platform uh, whilst integrating with whatever enterprise systems you might have. So, you know, we, we think probably a trade sale at some point is the likely route uh, for a company that that really wants to be doing you know better better data ethics essentially and wants to be in this space um, i mean the, there's a few obvious uh data companies out there that that, that uh, have have had huge breaches uh, in the past that possibly don't have the cleanest records and and we believe that this sort of shift towards better data practices privacy by design um and some of the blockchain stuff that's coming into play um it, it is is a, is a is a an interesting potential acquisition for them. 
Okay, I've got only one question from what you said earlier, and we didn't really cover it off, was crypto token rewards. Yeah, right. Explain how and what they are. Yep. And, and, and why, why you felt the need to create the value proposition. Yeah, so, so I mean, t- crypto tokens are, are, are fantastic. And obviously, the ICO space, not to be confused with the Information Commission officer, which is slightly confusing. <laughs> uh, but, but the token ICOs that were taking place, you know, every man and his dog was producing a token for, for stuff. Um, yeah. But very few of them had a token model that, that we felt was... Um, that, that was really workable or, or made sense. Um, so, so what we wanted to do was create a token that represented um, uh, an exchange of, 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 of value in this particular case, data from the organization back to the user um, and really represent that chain of custody to say, you know, so if, if, horrendous data Mon- monger limited was to stand up in court and, uh, and, and say that they sent you your data back um, uh, you would be able to say, well, look, there was this blockchain transaction that took place, whatever, and it's in the public domain. You can see this is what it is, and it and it hashes correctly to the data, and 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 therefore I can verify that you you didn't say send back X, Y, and Z. Um, we we haven't fully got there yet, but the the token uh, is, is a basic reward mechanism at the moment. Now, in the future, we we think that there might be a token model in there whereby the companies actually pay for the SaaS service via the tokens. So each um, response basically costs them a token, and the token goes back to the, the back to the consumer. The consumer can then sell the tokens into the market, and the organisations can then buy the tokens from the market. So, um, so it, so it's a reasonably uh, sort of good two sided market in the, in that uh, in that uh, sort of setup. Um, that's not how it operates at the moment. And we actually found that people were trading the token um, because they were sending erroneous requests to companies. Um, and really? okay. yeah, just, just, just to obtain the cryptocurrency, which was pretty mad. And we started to realize that they were trading it. So, so we did, we have for the time being locked it down so they can't transfer the token out of the application um, because you know, we, we don't want companies getting bogus requests. Um, but in the future, we believe that we'll be able to open that back up so that so that people can't spoof the system. Um, and the way that we're probably going to do that is through the KYC check. So once you've verified your identity, at that point, you can transfer the token out and then use that as a, a value exchange in, in sort of um, off-platform uh, applications that might want to adopt the same token. Um, we, we've used Stellar for the token. Um, it, it's really straightforward to create your own token on Stellar. Uh, it's pretty good from, from a development perspective. Um, whether we'll stay on Stellar, um, I'm not 100% certain at the moment. The cryptocurrency stuff isn't a huge focus of ours. Um, but uh, obviously, once we're funded, we'll definitely be looking at that uh, in, in more uh, detail in, in okay. 2020. Challenges with blockchain. I mean, everyone moans about you know scale, speed. Um, yeah, scale and speed is 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 obviously still a problem. Um, Stellar itself is actually very cheap to transact. Um, there's still a cost associated with it, but for our particular uh, use case, it's not a prohibitive cost. Um, I d- you know, don't quote me on these costs, but like you know, you can do a hundred thousand transactions for three. 
percent it's it's like it's really it's, it's really pretty cheap um there's there's a few other associated costs with it that aren't cheap such as setting up wallets and stuff you have to transfer xlm to a wallet so all of the tap wallets actually hold a tiny little bit of xlm that we have to fund um so there's costs associated with it but i mean there's costs associated with every aspect of business right so it's just yeah. whether or not your business model can sustain it um and certainly with stellar it's not a prohibitive cost um so so we think that the benefits sort of outstrip the the, the, the disadvantages um and i think over time there'll be other there'll be other technologies that that that, that mean it's more uh, suited to micro transactions okay so a couple of questions last questions <clears throat> Is, is is the hurdle to the next level of growth in Tap My Data, is it marketing stroke user awareness that you exist and there is a problem? Or are, are we so apathetic as consumers now that we've just given up on owning our data? We don't believe we can. We've been told privacy is dead. Get over it. GDPR just seems to be a, a really annoying cookie that comes up on every site that says, oh, we're doing this for GDPR, and it's like, oh, really? It's just painful. So yeah. what's stopping well, possibly I, the next stage of growth for you guys? I think, that, I think, I think there's obviously still, there's definitely a huge uh, swathe of apathetic sort of consumers that are just getting used to it. But I think that there's also um, a really galvanized set of, of, of probably fairly tech-savvy people that, that really do want to keep hitting these companies again and again because they believe that businesses need to start taking this stuff more seriously and and the more seriously these businesses take it the easier it gets for them over time because they change their systems and they collect less data and they collect it for the right reasons so i genuinely believe that good data ethics is is a is a route to better more profitable business it's just we've got to get through this slightly painful period uh, where everything's seen as a, a burden it's like oh there's another request coming you know what a, what a pain, but, but once these things are automated and um, they, they can respond quickly and effectively, there's, re, there's real value to be had there. You know, we, 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 we believe that a number of users using the platform aren't simply disgruntled. They just want to know that companies are doing right by them. And once they find out that they are, that's, you know, that's generally good enough for them. They want to continue using those companies. So, so there's that side of it. So I, I think the biggest barrier to growth is, is really um, a, a shift in mindset with um, w with businesses, um, and and I think it's slowly happening. Um, we've seen that, you know, we've seen a, we've seen definitely changes in reaction over the short space of time that we've been running, um, you know. So so the consumer side of it bothers bothers me less. Obviously, it's more expensive to 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 grow a consumer business, but. Um, really what's important to us is the number of requests that are being sent, not necessarily the number of consumers. Um, so for example, consumers that connect their Google are sending like sort of 30 or 40% more requests than the ones that don't. So through improving the UX in the app and making sure that you can connect data services where we can discover more companies that might have your data, we can take a relatively small consumer base and actually create more value there from, from our point of view to, to send out more requests to companies. So, uh, okay. So um, today, are you purely UK based or are you international? Well, we're, we're intentionally UK based, but we've seen people from abroad using the application. Um, there's nothing to stop you sending a request as a, a US citizen to... to, to oh, no, I, I meant more as, as, as a SaaS platform, companies coming to you. Right. 
yeah so so again you know there's nothing to stop um uh, any company being added to the platform and in fact a u.s company with eu citizens as customers still has to comply with gdpr that's yeah. why you, that's why you saw a whole bunch of u.s based companies shut their websites off to eu uh, yeah. mainly the newspapers because that was a that was a that was a blanket way of dealing with it um so um so yeah so so essentially it, it uh it's it's any any company across the globe and and any consumer across the globe um and obviously growing regulations around the world um a lot of them are trying to mimic at least to some extent gdpr certainly around the the, the most basic rights such as rights to access um so so we will we will look to adopt those in in, in more sort of uh, uh yeah in a more structured way in the future you mentioned micropayments. This, this is my last question. Um, Facebook's Libra is trying to attempt to be a blockchain-based micropayment system. It's fundamentally a pseudo-blockchain because it's really a fiat-backed micropayment system if it ever gets off the ground and is allowed by governments. But fundamentally, from what I've looked at and read, it would actually be a brilliant implementation of, uh, for me uh, to allow me to make micropayments for attention. So bloggers, video recorders, transactions, everything as a micropayment would be great, but there isn't a simple micropayment system. So the, the alternative is we, we give you a clap on Medium or we give you a like on whatever platform, which means nobody's getting paid and everyone has to stick with advertising as a revenue model. Have you looked at Libra at all, given your background in blockchain and, and everything else? Yeah, so I mean, I've not gone too deep, particularly with Libra. Um, I, I suppose mainly because um, my feeling is that they sort of come out with it at, at a point when Facebook's really at an all-time low with regards to trust and privacy. And uh, and obviously, you know, I've closed down my Facebook account, and I, I would strongly encourage anyone listening to do exactly the same because I think that some of the things that they're doing with data are uh, nothing short of criminal. Um, but um, the 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 concept is a good one and uh you know and and take for example the brave browser you know there there's there's some there's certainly some interesting things in in the micropayment space and 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 getting paid paid for your data um i think we're quite a way away from getting actual real value for your data like um i i, th I think we'd have to move the dial significantly until you were uh, get, getting enough meaningful value back for your data that, that it made a difference to anything you did. Um, but I, I, I think Libra is definitely, uh, it's definitely interesting for the crypto space because obviously they, they've got the, um, they've, they've got the marketing power to, to really push it to, to, to a, a worldwide audience. Uh, you know, um, it's, it's that, it's that unbanked audience, the, 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 the stuff that, 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 you know, the countries where people, have the most basic of, of internet access if if that so I, th I think that it's it can only be positive for the blockchain space um am i a supporter of it um probably not at this stage but i, I if it I, wasn't called facebook libra you might have done yeah i might you know I, I'm, I'm i'm as a technologist it would be stupid to ever close my mind to anything because um you can never predict the future but um i i, I won't be i won't be actively uh, backing it or investing it um, <laughs> I, I i hold uh, I, I hold a few crypto investments and uh, I, I won't be moving anything into libra anytime soon 
Cool. Uh, okay. How can people find you? How can people find more about Tap My Data? How can they get access to the app? Go on, give us the... So, yeah, the best thing to do is, is visit tapmydata.com um, or uh, if you put Tap My Data into either of the app stores, Android or iOS, you'll, you'll quickly find the app and um, you'll see that because we run a privacy by design approach, um, we don't ask for any information up front. You can just um, download the app and, and start playing with it. Cool. Tom Holder, CEO of Tap My Data. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Sam. That show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk, or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.